coming off the top of the cage it is the top of the cage podcast i am bill joined always by my tag team partner my wrestling confidant justin juice can hey lost the voice there for a second what's up juice not much brother 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 speaking of brother we got a good brother on tonight and we are continuing the unit taking over although it was interfered by doug typical it is the leader of the unit the leader of chaotic wrestling he is the savior of pro wrestling he is the one j t dunn I loved this interview, Juice. It was a fun one. It was a great one. I love continuing the unit invasion, but having uh, Doug, you know, interject in the middle of it. It's almost like whoever books the interviews did that on purpose because they're a booking genius, despite one of our guests saying it's not. Uh, Dunn was uh, back to the main topic. Jade's Dunn's a guest. Awesome. Uh, true, true grizzled young veteran, but not the ones that are in NXT. <laughs> He's uh, got plenty ahead of him. Excited to see what the unit really does in terms of not just chaotic, but everywhere. It's already in the Midwest. Yes, future plans for it to really expand the brand. This guy is a, uh, he's got a great mind for the business, for the business and just business in general. It was great talking to him, learning more about him. He's also like an inspiring guy. Like, um, I didn't get, to, I, I wanted to, Tell him like a thank you personally, but um, his his fight for a uh, about to come up in ten years sober, and um, it's really inspiring. And see the work that he does with people that are struggling with the drug and alcohol addiction. Uh, it really touches me because it is a you know I I haven't had the struggle personally, but one of my best friends is um, a struggling alcoholic and trying to help him through it is tough and then also I lost my uncle because of it so it's just to see the work he does and to see someone that is you know beating his demons it's inspiring it really touched me and it's, it was an honor to talk to him agreed and I say that we do not keep the people any longer because this was a great conversation with the one J.T. Dunn what's up everybody welcome to top of the cage podcast we got another interview and uh the top of the cage continues to be unit territory despite my um reluctance <laughs> of billy's joy we got the head of the unit himself the savior of pro wrestling the head of chaotic the chaotic wrestling champion sell multiple other gold across multiple other promotions a true veteran of the game it is jt dunn himself man how you doing tonight i am absolutely wonderful uh, it's weird to hear uh, the accolades listed and then be labeled the veteran now uh that's strange for me i, I say you earn it man. you've been you've been everywhere You've done a lot. You've wrestled a long list of just 
great names, both young names, uh, no names we know, names don't know. Just you've been everywhere, man. I think one question that I've actually never asked any of our guests, and um, I don't know why I haven't. What's a favorite place you've been to for tropical wrestling, or place you really like going back to? Um, in regards to like an actual area or a promotion. Uh, we'll say both. I kind of meant more area, like a city okay. or like state. Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, I mean, I'm always going to be partial to New England uh, at two different points in the last, like, I would say six years. I've exclusively only wrestled in New England on purpose. Like, that's my design. Uh, but I have this weird attachment to Tennessee. I love wrestling in Nashville. Um, I love the South. Like I just enjoy the wrestling there, the people. Um, it just it's, it feels more at home for me. Um, so there were several promotions within like the Nashville, Memphis, uh, Knoxville area where right before the pandemic, I was just taking random bookings, like wrestling people I've never heard of doing to like, I mean, granted, I think Dijak did a couple of shows with me and Ethan Page uh, at one spot. Like I was just taking bookings just simply to go to Nashville and hang out. Like <laughs> that was really it. I, I love Nashville, but New England's always going to be home. Uh, and we'll, we'll get some more international travel here uh, pretty soon, once I feel a little bit more comfortable to get back out there. What are some countries you've been to in the past? Uh, so Europe was a big one for me, uh, being able to go to Russell in London. Uh, Germany was big. I've done a, a couple of uh, little tours over there. Uh, Mexico, Canada, uh, spread it out pretty, pretty far and wide. Um, early on, it was definitely like my bucket list thing. Let me go do all of these things that I honestly never thought I, I could do. But for some reason, man, I just, I don't know. I got over that very quickly. I'm not big into the planes. I don't care about flying. Like, that's not fun for me. It's very stressful uh, waking up early, getting to the airport, going through the travel, going through TSA. For some reason, TSA always stops me. And it actually happened. Uh, I had mentioned his name with Dijak, uh, with T-Bar, uh, and they literally pulled me aside sitting next to him. I looked like the criminal and they thought I was smuggling drugs in my sweatpants. Uh, and obviously I'm rehabilitated. Uh, I'm almost 10 years sober. So we're halfway through my, my sobriety. And they're just like, yeah, you're going to come with us. And they pulled me in like a cubicle. And they thought I like had like somehow dissolved drugs into my sweatpants and I was going to go home and like rinse out my pants into drugs and sell it. And I was like, wow, y'all are fucking delusional. If you only knew I'm just this five foot 10 guy from Providence, Rhode Island, like that has underwears in his bag. <laughs> Jokes on you. Look ahead, put your gloves on and search away. That's just my suck. I always hate freaking airplane travel. Like just, I feel like it drastically affects my performance too. Like, I mean, again, early on, I was full of piss and vinegar. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get on every single plane. I'm going to do four shows in a week, five shows in a week. I'm going to go from plane to show to plane to show. It was great, man. It was, it was cool to experience that stuff. But now at this point, um, I am better well-rested. I'm better just jumping in the car with the guys, driving an obnoxious amount of time instead. I feel more comfortable uh, doing that. I feel like uh, I'm just like... I don't know, especially being surrounded with people like, um, again, the basis of the unit being surrounded with people that I'm comfortable with. Uh, my ideas just flow. My creativity is on like a whole nother level right now. Uh, my in-ring ability is only being able to prosper because of that. Uh, it's a whole new mental atmosphere for me. So I'm not really looking to break that anytime soon. 
So you bring up the unit. We're big chaotic fans and the unit's killing it, dude. And uh, the stories we're getting in there, they're so fun to watch. Even for me, a guy who's anti-unit, I can't uh, disrespect the hustle or the talent of the unit members. <laughs> but uh, how'd the unit, how'd the idea of the unit come about and um, just from behind the scenes? So for me, the unit started before chaotic. Um, I used to run a promotion uh, with one of my buddies in Providence at a FET music hall. And it was called Wrestling Has a Tomorrow. It was what wrestling. Um, and the basis being to really just focus on the next set of guys that are going to break out. Uh, I remember being the next guy who was going to break out and wrestling for all these companies. And constantly I was told, oh, no, it's not your time. This guy's next. This guy's next. Oh, no, you're, you're better putting these guys over. And like for a while, I believed that. Uh, but I realized how much of a detriment that ended up being to my career because I just didn't fight for myself. Um, so I wanted to develop a place where there was so much freedom, where if you didn't succeed, it's your own mistake. You took it for granted. You went uh, into business for yourself. I wanted to create a locker room that was filled with not only like the most talented wrestlers. And, and I mean that from a standpoint of like guys I've been in the ring with or guys that I emulated uh, for reasons, either being in the ring or the way I've heard them talk about pro wrestling, that I thought they had something to offer to that locker room. Um, so every card was booked with like such precise detail. The talent was precise. Like every show, every match, that person was like, they were supposed to be there uh, with the rare occasions where we had call outs and stuff like that. But I was always prepared for that stuff. Every match had a backup match that had a backup match. Um, and like, I, I was just, I, it's inevitable that I'm, you're going to catch me unprepared. Um, so it started there. Um, the story behind it, which is weirdly enough now that that was like 2018, 2019. Um, and now we're in uh, 2021 and 2022. Um, it was based around Dan Moff. Um, he was the one champion uh, by design. Uh, we had booked him to go undefeated to rival A.R. Fox, who's one of my favorite wrestlers ever, who was also undefeated. It would culminate in our, uh, I believe it was like our, ten, it ended up being our, our 11th show, but it was supposed to be the 10th show where they're both 10 and 0. They both fight for the title. Uh, Moth comes out victorious. And then the story that was underlying for the, the last 10 shows would have been the, uh, the rise of Casey Navarro, who um, I think I've, Maybe I've, I don't know if I've actually ever told this story um, on a podcast or anything, but I met Casey years before. Um, I, I used to do a lot of seminars, like hosting them and teaching and everything uh, alongside running the schools. I don't know why I don't do too many anymore, um, but they were fun. And, I, and they were fun for the reason that I got to meet somebody like Casey, who uh, amongst like 15 or 20 people, he was the guy who stood out to me. Um, and when we sat down at the end of my seminar, which we always would do, I would just ask them questions, uh, wrestling related, life related, goal oriented. Uh, I just wanted to get to know the human that I just watched jump around the ring for me. Um, and I gave them my personal notebook uh, that had all of my training notes in it. I went to the last page and I said, hey, write down uh, your social media handles, your email and your contact phone number with your wrestling name and your real name. And uh, let's stay in contact. I'm going to follow all of you just for coming to the show. That way you can DM me. Like uh, You guys can all take my phone number. Just keep in touch with me. Um, out of all of those people, some still wrestle now. I see them here and there. The only person to follow up with me was KC. 
Uh, and he sent me all of his matches to the point where it was annoying. He was just like, here's this match. And then the next day, here's this match and this match and this match. And I'm like, dude, how the fuck are you wrestling so much? Like, where are these matches coming from? Like, you have a stockpile. Like, here's Monday's match and Tuesday's match and Wednesday's match. Um, but I'm so happy that he did because, like, I got a little brother out of it. Um, and when we did the what thing, he hit me up for the bookings. And I told him very, very just like, I'm one thing anybody will tell you about me. I'm very blunt. I don't beat around the bush. I don't care if I hurt your feelings. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you because that's the way I think life should be overall. So I told him, hey, man, uh, I have an opportunity for you. You're probably not going to like it. But if you knock it out of the park, I have another opportunity for you after that. Uh, so I gave him a chance to open in our pre-show. And in the pre-show, he went out and just killed it. Like He hit all of his greatest hits crowd just took to him which they're going to he's just uh, a fantastic baby face uh, they he's smaller uh, which is it seems like a detriment man but it works in your advantage if you know what you're doing with it and in providence i know our crowd so i knew they were going to like him and i wanted to challenge him uh, and genuinely that is, is the only opportunity i did have for him at that time um, as the show was booked i added that pre-show match uh, specifically to feature him and then we brought him back and did uh like I'm a big uh, fan of scramble matches. So I always think that I think they're, they have a, a huge negative like uh, demeanor about them. Everybody's like, Oh, scramble match. Well, you don't, you don't think that I'm good enough to wrestle somebody one-on-one. Like, no, I think you're talented enough to make five people look good as opposed to one person look good. Um, and I think that these other five people in the ring with you have the opportunity to make you creatively do things that you can't do with one person. And some guys need to be able to shine like that. Sometimes the fans need to be able to see that aspect of your professional wrestling. And then they go, huh, I want to see more of that guy. And once they have that feeling, then you earn the one-on-one matches. Like if they're just given to you, like granted, you can knock it out of the park. You can do whatever with it. That's great. But it's like, what do you, what do you learn? What, what did you genuinely learn from that happening? Um, so we continuously built him up. Um, and I know I'm ranting about him, but it all, it all pays a purpose. Uh, I specifically booked him against Ethan Page uh, because I wanted Ethan to teach him how to tell a story. I wanted Ethan to get in there and beat him up and show the audience like, okay, this guy's tough. And I figured if anybody's going to, especially because Ethan and I were traveling a lot together, doing a lot of shows, uh, I would go and do his shows in Alpha One. He would come in to do mine. Like there was, we're, we were very good friends. We do the Limitless events, everything like that. So I knew inside and outside of the ring, I could trust him with this little project that I had. Uh, so then that match happened and we did the, uh, the flash hurricane Rana, I want to believe Ray Mysterio style uh, pin out of nowhere. And he got the win. That was his first uh, like big, big win. And then I believe it was the next show. I booked him against Sammy Callahan. Uh, and by design, it was more of Sammy go run this kid through the work right now. Like put this kid to work. I want you to like, call more stuff in the ring than you've ever called before. I want you to physically manhandle this guy, obviously safely, but like really bring him to that. Like, so I'm a huge fan of Sammy, even though he's one of my best friends, like as a, as a fan, one of my favorite things I ever watched was Sammy Callahan fit Finley rivalry through evolve. That was a breakout thing for him. For me, I loved it because that's my style of wrestling. It's real. It's gritty. It's tough. Like, and you can tell like, Things are just happening in the ring. There's like the thought is there, but in the ring, the magic's being created. I needed Casey to learn that story. And I needed him to learn how to how to carry himself in a different way. 
Um, so we had that match and it was incredible. And we just kept building from there and building from there. Moff wins the, the match against Fox and retains the title. And we had done this thing where Casey became the number one contender by beating myself, Christian Casanova. Oh, man. And uh, Pinky Sanchez in a four-way. And I'm pretty sure he eliminated just like the better half of the match, myself and probably Christian, I think, do advance. So he was a number one contender. Um, so we had the match where uh, he was going to uh, fight Moff. And he ends up beating Moff for the title. Uh, and like the uh, smaller story in that is Moff is his trainer. It's the first guy that broke him into wrestling. Uh, so at the end of the match, they're having their moment. They're laughing. They're crying. Everybody's happy. Uh, I have a contract that guaranteed me a title match whenever I wanted it. Uh, so I decided to cash in and ruin that special moment. I hit the ring, uh, knocked out Moff, went to go fight KC. And uh, all I did was bait him to turn his back because in came Danny Miles and he threw him about 11 feet on top of his head. Uh, and that was the first incarnation of the unit. Uh, and then we attacked Moff again and uh, Brad Hollister slid in the ring and broke a crutch over Moff's back. And that was like the full version of my original thought of the unit. Um, and again, the thought was the same. Surround myself with people I trust. Surround myself with people that I believe uh, have my better interests and their better interests. They want to learn. They want to advance. My brand is safe with them because um, I feel like over the last few years, I've really developed uh, what JT Dunn is, what the savior is, the one, like all of that has a purpose now. Uh, and I really wanted to move on from the death by elbow uh, brand itself, not the move, because that's going to be like an everlasting thing. It's crazy that people don't even call it the rolling elbow anymore. They, I hear people in locker rooms like, oh, yeah, I'll hit you with death by elbow. I just kind of look like the, the fuck you just say. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, but then when it came to the chaotic stuff, um, I have talked about this recently. So I'll kind of just like uh, Cliff Notes version for you guys so that I don't bore you to death. But um, I felt myself um, not loving pro wrestling during the pandemic, and I needed to detach myself from everything involved in it, and it's that old cliche. Uh, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Uh, if you let it go, it'll come back to you, and if it doesn't, it wasn't supposed to be. Um, I went months without watching wrestling. I went months without thinking about it, and don't get me wrong, I was I was happy as hell. Uh, mentally, I was free. I had um, so many things I let go. Um, I'm, my biggest thing is I'm always trying to help everybody but myself. Uh, and that added so much stress into every aspect of my life, absolutely humanly possible, to the point where it was affecting my relationship, my sleep, like my, my work, my work rate, my, uh, my ability to communicate with people. Uh, and I just got lost in like video games for a long time. And that helped me like find myself in a weird way, helped me connect with people that I didn't think I would. And over that time, uh, our conversations, our interactions, like set me free. Uh, and then I realized, damn, I miss wrestling. Uh, and I had to get back to it. And I felt like if I'm going to come back, I'm going to do it my way. No longer am I taking shit from anybody. I'm not going to be told what to do. Uh, if I don't want to do it, guess what? I'm not going to do it. Uh, if I don't want to wrestle this guy, I'm not going to wrestle him. I spent the better power, a part of like eight years wrestling who the fuck knows who and who the fuck knows where for the purpose of that other purpose, uh, the other person. Uh, that doesn't happen no more. Anybody I step foot in the ring with, there's a purpose behind it. You may not see it right away, 
but there was a purpose behind it. And that's the only reason why I got on that flight. I got on that boat. I got in my car and drove, flew, like sailed over there. It's the only reason. Um, and in saying that, my only option, not my only option, but the only option that made sense to me to get back into wrestling was to go to Chaotic. They were doing the studio shows during the pandemic. It was a safe environment. Um, it was very just like, I have freedom there. And weirdly enough, with my history with Chaotic, uh, it made sense for me to just go home to there. Like that needed to be where I cultivated all these new ideas. And I got in the ring and, uh, man, uh, I forget what one of my first matches was. It was awful. Maybe not by like other people's standards, but like I was just like a chubby little piece of shit. I had eaten way too many strombolis during the pandemic. Uh, and all my friends, like, bless them, but they're little assholes because none of them told me that I was squeezing myself in, in these trunks that no longer fit me. And then uh, Frankie, the, the, the editor, uh, genius behind all of the things that you see in chaotic and strong style and all that stuff, uh, he put the footage up and I saw it and I, I was like, yo, I'm going to report this for spam and have it removed. Don't you dare put this footage of me looking like this ever on the internet again. Um, and then I sat down with uh, the powers that be at the time and I told them like, hey, listen, if I'm going to do this, uh, I'm sorry, but it's going to be my way. Um, I don't care about the belts or anything like that. Like, I have this idea. I have this crazy idea that's never been done in New England. It's never like, it's just an idea that shouldn't work uh, because it's so cliche and it's so, uh, it's so pro wrestling. And they were like, well, what is it? I was like, Hey man, I'm going to start a group with like just people I like, and we're just going to do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> and I don't know how they went for it. Um, extreme trust in me. Uh, Cause I have dedicated myself to better and chaotic uh, like those that have been there before me. Um, and then obviously it was an interesting part in the story to bring the OG with me. Uh, we've been wrestling each other since 2012. Um, I'm still in wrestling because of what he did for me. I'm still alive in my real life because of uh, what he had done for me. Uh, him and Dave Cole were just like, uh, they're just national treasures to me in my life. They'll, they can never do wrong. Um, so I felt like in this part of my life, if I'm going to give back and I'm going to worry about somebody, it's going to be people I genuinely care about. So the OG was the first part. And, uh, as we were saying goodbye to, uh, Christian Casanova and he was going on to, uh, to be, uh, Carmelo, uh, it was only right that I took the OG from him, uh, and put him by my side, uh, and made him fight for my battles. And um, it was a cool story behind it. Um, I think it just keep, continues to grow. Uh, and then it only made sense that I added one of the original members. Um, and Danny was a guy who was doing some of the tapings at Chaotic uh, already. Um, and he was having good matches, but they weren't, they weren't Danny Miles matches. They weren't what I'm accustomed to. And I think people weren't appreciating how talented he truly is. Uh, so I went up to uh, Chase and I said, hey, I'm taking him. And he was like, what? And I was like, I don't give a shit what you say. Uh, I'm taking Danny. Uh, I was like, whatever you guys are uh, paying these guys, you can just take it from my pay, uh, pay these guys. Like they're, they're going to come do this thing with me. Um, and I mean, he didn't really hesitate. He didn't fight. He just kind of gave me like, the, okay, man, like I trust you, um, which is super cool. And then we started doing our stuff, the three of us. 
Um, I believe the story began with me coming uh, or continued with me coming back for the title uh, rivalry with Mike Verna, which has been ongoing for a bit. And then obviously we started uh, really building this team with Davey and I. And then it got to the point where I had, it looked like I had burned too many bridges. I'm in the ring about to fight Chase, about to fight Davey, about to fight Verna. Lights go out. Everybody thinks it's Kane. Lights go back on. It's Ace Romero. Uh, another little seed in our in our flower pot here. And he lays out everybody. He's got the unit shirt on. Um, cool that it happened in that environment. Uh, I still actually talk with them. Like, I wish it would have happened in front of fans. I think that would have been like a cool indie wrestling moment, like bigger than it, than it probably uh, seems. It would have, it would have been awesome um, to have that moment in front of the fans, especially if we could do the lights out gimmick. That would have been cool. Uh, I'm going to bust his balls right now. He fought for that. I thought it was the lights out was stupid. You wanted the lights out. I'm like, dude, I've never had the lights out. Like, why the hell am I going to do that for you? And it took us forever to coordinate that. Uh, but we got it together, and he deserved it because he came in and he worked his ass off. Uh, and uh, he came and did some cool stuff with us in the studio. So we had the four of us then. Uh, and it just felt right, man. Like, I felt comfortable. I felt ready to take on the world. Like, I, there wasn't anything that I didn't think we could accomplish. And I'm sure when I explained to these guys, like, Hey man, here's all my crazy freaking ideas. Uh, the unit's going to be one of the best factions in the world. Uh, we're going to sell a shit ton of merch. Uh, we're going to get bookings. We're going to get paid. We're going to do everything that you guys have ever wanted to do in wrestling and all the things that I genuinely enjoy about wrestling that's about to happen. And I remember sitting in like our little uh, locker room area and they were all kind of like, okay, this guy's just telling his death by elbow, stupid stories. Like he's living in, the, there's no way, like maybe, but maybe not, maybe. And I was like, dude, just trust me. My brain is just unlike anything else. I got this. You guys trust me. I trust you. We're going to be successful in this endeavor. And then uh, I think we led into summer chaos. And it was the first time we printed uh, the Take the Pledge shirts, uh, which was a, a play on my the one uh, Savior shirt uh, made by Dave Cole. Shout out to my boy. Um, and we printed 75 shirts and we sold them all during intermission. And I remember Danny and the OG kind of standing next to me and uh, Ace on the end of the table. And we're, they're just watching me hand these shirts out. Bam, 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 bam. They get to the back and I don't have a box of shirts left. And I was like, I told you guys, like I told you, this is going to be a thing. Like this is going to work. Uh, and then as we've moved on, it's only been moments like the core group has been set and there's been some things that have gotten in the way we've had set plans. And then again, it's pro wrestling. So things alter. Um, so we did the show with uh, Hammerstone and I was making it seem like Hammerstone was going to join the unit because him and I had team before I recruited him for a match on limitless previously. Uh, we have uh, history going back to, Midwest shows, wrestling, Mustafa Ali, fighting at Dreamwave, all that good stuff. Uh, and we've done shows in uh, Vegas, Arizona, all that stuff. It's a great dude. So I really had all these pictures and videos and clips set up. So people were like, damn, they're not going to wrestle each other. He's just going to join the unit uh, only to distract them from what was really going to happen. I was stealing Mike Verner away from Chase and the fans, and he was going to join the unit. Uh, and that night it was that was cool because we got to do that one in front of the fans um that was a special moment he got to hit his uh badass little finisher on chase and drop him on his stupid head 
and it was awesome uh and it was cool because like in indie wrestling you don't really get to shock people you don't really get to do cool things especially in new england like everybody knows everybody they go home they they talk to the fans on facebook messenger and like all that bullshit like the fuck out of here like i'm here to make moments and create stories and like i want you to i want you to go home after a show and be like huh i wonder if that was real or not because nine out of ten times it is i'm 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 an asshole i'm really doing those things i'm really tormenting people like love doug i'm real like i literally sit down and have a notebook full of ideas of how i'm gonna fucking make chase hate every decision he's ever made leading up to putting the company on the line like that's a that's a real thing um but then when we had verna uh, and we went to put the uh the war games match together with the or the I forget what they named it, but where there was the five on five, I wanted another moment. Like we had a couple of ideas and I know everybody there was like, Oh my God, JT brought Chris hero here. Uh, he's going to join the unit. He's like, he's going to be in the match. Uh, that's all I got for like weeks. They were like, he's either going to join the unit or he's going to stand across the ring and, t- and join team chase and fight JT. Uh, which was great because all eyes were on me and Chris. Nobody was paying attention to really what was going on. And then when you least expect it, uh, Dango wraps a damn chair over Chase Del Monte's head and goes viral and gets me all the attention I need on the group by wrapping that chair over his head. Um, super cool. Uh, and as like a, as a businessman, it's great because now I have a stamp of approval from like a, a grizzled vet, a guy who's been there and done it all and sees, like, I mean, because at the end of the day, bro, you, you can say no, you know what I mean? Like, you can just be like, no, you guys are dumb. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't want free t-shirts. Um, but he sees the value in what we're doing. Uh, and that was super cool uh, to have him be a part of it. Um, and then most recently, uh, it was more of, um, I don't want anybody to see what's gonna, what's coming next. So I put myself in pandemonium and you, you, you I think fans kind of like, well, like, damn, all right, he's putting himself in the match like a, like a real true owner of a company and the booker, uh, he's going to win. And then Davey starts beating, beating me up. And now I'm about to snap and hit him with the title. And you're like, oh, shit, he's a real piece of shit. And then what do I do? I take Davey's best friend and I make her turn and take the pledge, and join the unit and smack her on the face with the heaviest belt in pro wrestling. And then one, two, three, a beater. So it's like you knew probably deep down that I was going to win because uh, of science and wrestling and statistics. And we've all watched the WWE Network. We know what happens in these moments. But you didn't know how. Nobody knew how. And I'll be honest with you, uh, breaking down whatever wall we're sitting behind now, none of us really knew how until 24 hours before. Then uh, we just made it happen. Uh, and that's cool, man, because Lish is a, an OG in her own right. Um, and I think she has a legitimate gripe with Davey. There's no reason why Alicia wasn't granted those opportunities years ago when she was here cutting her teeth, putting it chaotic on her back and running it uh, through New England, making it prominent, making it the place that I wanted to go and wrestle for when I couldn't get in. Um, she was a star here. They never gave her an opportunity to step outside of her bounds. They never let her fight for tag team championships. They never. They definitely didn't let her fight for the heavyweight championship um that locker room would have been set on fire if she ever did that and then i came in and i was just like you know what we're gonna do whatever the hell i want to do we're gonna do what i think would be cool what i think the fans want to see and that's what started davies run against all the guys and then led her to the heavyweight championship so it's just creativity man having fun with it and that story is like 
we're talking now we're four years deep. We're four years deep into the start of that story into some of the payoffs happening now. That's commitment. Sure, for sure. So you already ran through some of the people that are already in the unit, unit members. Who are some um, you want to recruit, especially on the women's division side? You got Lish, start off. Are any more um, that are in and outside of chaotic that you're eyeing? Maybe a Chris Hero, you hint at that. Maybe Sammy. <laughs> Maybe an old friend of Trigo. Geez, bringing Tasha Steeles. So one of the things that's been great about the unit and why I think it is as successful as it has been so far, it's organic. I am 100% not planning anything until we're in that moment or going into that moment. Um, and it's probably very chaotic uh, for a lot of the other people in the group because like my brain is all over the place and I'm just like doing whatever I want. Um, but there's a purpose behind it. Um, I see everything like out like how can I describe this like I'm outside of my own brain and body when I'm putting these ideas together like it's not to benefit me uh, as much as everybody thinks it, it could be or it should be it's not to benefit me I'm the like I am prospering because of the group but also and the phrase is uh, when I eat they eat we all eat together I'm not having a meal without my boys I'm not having a, a meal without the unit like we all feast together um, the only thing that has um, kind of like been added into the mix is there is an incarnation of the unit in the Midwest. Um, I did start that at the Wrestling Revolver, uh, which everybody knows is owned by Sammy Callahan. Um, I do have an investor there. His name is Phil Stamper. He's very uh, notoriously known in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, he's been my right-hand man uh, since I've been there when I was teaming with uh, Killer Cross. And we started Revelation, which uh, had Ace Romero in it. So flashback um and when we were starting to do our thing over there there was no doubt in my mind i wanted to fight for the heavyweight championship like i'm just i feel like no matter where i go i'm a contender and if you disagree wrestle me and you're going to be wrong um so there it was uh inevitable that it happened and so we uh we started this group where phil kind of backed everything for me and we got infrared uh, which is one of the best tag teams out of the midwest right now uh and then we added larry d um, who is just a phenomenal pro wrestler. Uh, it was cool because that audience got to see uh, a huge moment because Larry's from there. Um, he's cut his teeth in Revolver. He's become very popular. Uh, I mean, granted, he's, he's a, a tenured vet himself, but I think a lot of his notoriety came from uh, Revolver and the match he was having there and then leading him into Impact Wrestling. Um, so it was, it was cool to take their, their favorite guy and make him just talk shit and beat up rich swan and let me watch uh so that was a lot of fun for me um so you're going to start to see like things like that where like we have the midwest uh branch of the unit um and then we have the core guys here and uh, in new england um but don't don't like and uh, not expect east coast midwest to collaborate uh, and then we'll get the west coast and the down south the international uh, I have very big plans for this and everything's already in motion. So I know, it'll, it's, I know it's going to happen because it's already in motion. Soon everywhere will be unit territory. <laughs> See juice. This is why you got to get in on ground level. I'm telling you juice. Look at, well, this is the same. Real estate, man. 
the savior of pro wrestling, JT Dunn is just bringing the unit worldwide, not even just in New England, all over the country too. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, JT, the question, the, the question begs now. So the unit is making all decisions and chaotic now. So what will the unit do for Cold Fury to make sure it delivers? Uh, one, it's going to happen. Simple as that. Um, I think that's a success in its own right. Um, my goal is to make this the the biggest Cold Fury ever. Um, I've been fortunate to have competed in a lot of them. Um, I've won the Chaotic Championship for the first time in the main event at Cold Fury against Ilya Markopoulos. Um, I wrestled Warbeard Hansen um, on his way to go to the WWE. Our, one of our last matches was at Cold Fury. And then... Uh, Weirdly enough, I mean, I'm sure people who have been watching Chaotic for a while uh, will understand the connection here, but in Chaotic Wrestling history, in the Pandemonium match, only twice has there ever been a seventh competitor, and I've been the seventh competitor both times. Uh, the first time, I tore my hamstring, and I had to miss a few months uh, of wrestling, and I was super bad guy, like real mean, um, and then... I got cleared randomly uh, out of nowhere. PT was going great. I was rehabbing like a maniac. I just, I was fueled by something fierce at that point. Um, so I came back about two and a half months early uh, and Pandemonium was on the calendar and they came up with the idea like, hey, let's not even announce you. Let's just say there's a mystery seventh guy and then you just show up and when you go out, whatever the fan reception is, that's how you are. If they cheer you, you're good. If they boo you, you're bad. And I walked out and it was a standing ovation. And I was just like, what the, f <laughs> what is going on? Um, but that was cool because it came down to uh, myself and Warbeard. Um, and uh, as they say, he did the favors. So I appreciate you, my man. And I went on to Cold Fury after that being the number one contender to win the title. Um, so it was cool. And then this part of the story, pandemonium, we're coming out of a pandemic. There's never been another seventh guy, um, and hopefully we don't repeat that anymore. But, uh, bam, you, you, you kind of felt it coming. Like, I own the damn company. Why the hell would I not want to go be the champion again? They put me – they made me go through so many obstacles and so many things in my way and fighting all these monsters and tough guys. Like, no, nah, man, I'm just going to walk out the end of the match and be like, hey, guess what? I'm in here now. See ya. You don't think that tarnishes the legacy of the unit a bit? I mean, you guys are – so talented, so good. Just you can't deny the talent and the hard work you put in. And then you kind of just cheat and break the rules that are established. It was a six-man match. And you make it seven. Add your uh, so seven fan Technically, last. technically, it's not a six-man match. That's just only the way they've ever done it. All right. And technically, uh, I didn't make the decision for it to become a seven-person match the first time it happened. That was made by the infrastructure laid before me. Uh, That's fair, but you were the second we, time. We 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 didn't have a, we didn't have a, a meeting or a powwow or anything about saying, "Hey, we're going to change the rules back to a six man." Uh, somebody asked me on Twitter, and I said, "Maybe six. That's it." We didn't change the rules. I didn't break the rules. And let me put it to you this way: We started this uh, this interview by listing accolades of mine, right? All of those things that I've done have been through hard work and busting my ass, being the best person I could be. I'm a soldier in this army of independent wrestling, and I've wrestled legends, like Hall of Fame legends, like whoever, whoever you see in the independent wrestling world, I have already beat the guys that they are dreaming of wrestling. They make their lists 
Like every day on Twitter, I see a new list. It's like, I've already beaten everybody on your list. Why the fuck would I want to go backwards? Why would I try so hard in that realm when I can just take this way? It's not cheating. It's, it's presented in front of me. Why would I not do that opportunity to fast track myself onto something I've never done before? Again, I'm not here to help. I'm not here to help anybody that's not in the unit. I'm here to help us. It's time for us to eat. We're, it's all again. It's all by design. OG overlooked for 15 years. Danny, 15 years. Ace, 12 years. Verna, eight years. Lish, 15 years. Dango, how do you how do you fumble having fucking Dango in your company and you don't make him a, a billion dollar wrestler? Well, okay, great. Now you gave him to me. Fantastic. Now we're going to continue to just promote, take over the world together. I'll take all of them, put every type of rocket ship I can and send them to the moon. They're, they're, I mean, are they not talented? No, and I never they, said they weren't because they definitely they busted, they busted their ass just as hard as I did in the same time frame, same promotions. I got shot at the main event. I know how hard they were working. Why didn't they get their just due? Why? Because they didn't want to go and hang out at Applebee's with people after the show. Because they didn't want to go and do drugs in the parking lot and get drunk at the bar before their match. No, because they're fucking professional wrestlers. And sometimes not everybody's journey happens in three years. I get it. I'm the I'm living proof of that. I've done everything. I've wrestled everywhere. Every major company, every top independent promotion. I've been there and done that. Top in, international company. I've done that. Top stars beat them, knock them out. Top top stars beat me. Like. It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. It's all about where the end goal is. And we know where our end goal is. That's everywhere. That's a good good and fair point. I mean, you know, a lot of people... Again, take yourself, take yourself outside of the situation, which is hard for a lot of people in wrestling to do, as you can tell by Twitter. They can't take, they can't take the fanboy out of the situation and stand back and say, how can I make all of this better? How can I make all of this better? They're just like, how can I make 50 extra bucks? How can I get myself on the poster? How can I wrestle this guy? That's great, man. But what do you do after that? What do you do after that? You do that again? Eventually, you run out of posters, you run out of 50 buck bookings, and then you run out of guys to wrestle. I've done all that, man. Now it's about making a brand. It's about making a business, something that's worldwide, something where I can just kick back, put my feet up, I don't even have to get in the goddamn ring. I just sit here and it makes money for me. It's a whole different way to view things. And I get to showcase my, my best friends and my peoples. They get to go wrestle. And I, and I get to guarantee that they're in a position to succeed. And by default, the guys they're in the ring with and the, and the women that they're in the ring with, like they succeed because we're, we're succeeding. So they, they eat too. You might be the smartest man in pro wrestling, JT. I got to hey, say. Man. It took me a long time to get there. And, and listen, I know I, I sound like a jackass. Um, I spent many years making mistakes. I spent many years being selfish and, and doing me, 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 me. That didn't lead me to where I wanted to go. Great. I got bookings. I got opportunities. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, internet, wherever I wanted to go, I wrestled everybody. It's great. And 
for me, that felt awesome because it led me to meet great friends. I learned a lot about wrestling and it got me to learn the lessons that I'm now trying to apply and teach to everybody. So without being selfish, I wouldn't be able to give as much as I am right now. Uh, and chaotic is like my, my feeding ground. I'm just trying to feed everybody there because I think chaotic's the best. Uh, it always has been, it always will be. Um, but when you have the opportunity to give back, whether the fans realize it or not, uh, I'm going to do so. And right now, chaotic is red hot. Right now, the storylines are better than ever. The wrestlers are more talented, like like from top to bottom. Like I, one of the things that I hate in wrestling, and I'm sure uh, you've either talked to somebody who's done it, been at a show, or you've experienced it. But uh, you look at a card in its in its entirety. A lot of promotions announce full shows now. You look at a card. And you're just kind of like, you have that one or two matches where you're like, that might be bad. That might not go well. And this helped me book the what wrestling shows because I started applying this method. And I learned it from uh, Tommy Dreamer, which is why we had brought him into what wrestling. Uh, because I love the psychology that he would always display to me every time we were around each other. Why risk that? I'm spending money. I'm investing in that match. If that, let's say, let's put a price tag of $250. If that $250 match cannot make me back my $250 and it's going to cost me money, it's going to cost me negative exposure, somebody's going to get hurt, somebody's going to have a bad experience, or the fans are not going to want to come back to see either one of those wrestlers in the ring again. Why the hell am I letting that match happen? Why am I giving it 15 minutes? Why am I telling them, yeah, I'm going to do whatever the fuck you want? Who wins? Who wins? I don't want fans to look at a chaotic show these days and be like, well, I'll go see this match, but this one I don't care about. It's like, no, I want to see all these matches. And then the ones where you probably have the least expectation is the one you probably go home saying like, well, damn, that Brad Cashew guy, he really stands out to me. That Ricky Smokes guy, he's gotten, he's really, really talented. Mortar, man, why don't they do more with Mortar? That guy's, he's, he's crazy good. Or Shannon LeVangie, why is she jumping off the top rope to the ceiling to the floor on Ace Romero? Why is Love Doug not being booked on shows? Like everything has a purpose, man. Us bringing up uh, Love Doug. Oh, I should have never said it. It's like it's like Candyman. So I was just questioning your integrity earlier, but you made a very good decision recently. Just yesterday, uh, you're giving <laughs> Doug another chance. Uh, Snowstorm, you know, took away a chance you gave him. Now he's getting another one. Uh, is this a match to prove that he gets a job back? And also, why does the unit despise the New England Pro Wrestling Academy Rookie of the Year so much? Well, I don't really know how that voting was handled, uh, but I'm sure improperly is the answer. Doug is, what's the word here? A cockroach. No matter what fire is around him, somehow he finds a way to survive. I... In a, in a weird way, I admire it. But then uh, he wants to continuously interfere in our business because he thinks he upholds the righteous law of the land and he's going to save the day. Like, no, you're going to get your ass beat. Simple, simple He's going to get his ass beat. And he interfered the last time and he cost Ace Romero an opportunity, which is why our plan B went into motion where I put myself in the match because if Verna and Ace are continuing to fight, there's no reason for me to go in the ring. Unit When one member of the unit wins, we all win. 
Uh, and Love Doug helped eliminate Ace, which threw the plan into a whack, which got Berna eliminated when he had to get kicked in the face and ate a spear. That was not what we thought was going to happen. Um, and then I went and I, and like, again, I'm a good person. So I went home and I thought about it and I said, you know what? Let me call Ace right now. Called him up. I said, AC baby, we got an opportunity here in New Hampshire. I can slap Doug around for you. I know you're busy. Let me, let me do this. What do you think? And he said, yeah, let's do it. The snowstorm saved Doug from probably the beating of a lifetime. Because not only, I would be the last person to get in the ring. I'm, I'm going to pick up the scraps. You got to go through the OG, and then you got to go through Danny Miles. And then here I come. You don't survive that. Uh, so this is probably better for him. And I chose Alec Price because I think he's very talented. And in this new regime of wrestlers trying to make a name for themselves uh, outside of this 10-mile radius, he might be in the top five of them. Uh, and he beat me before in Limitless. So I understand that he is, he's capable of getting the job done. Uh, so I just need him to go in here and serve Doug up something proper uh, and teach him a lesson. And this isn't an opportunity for Doug to get his job back per se. It's not like, oh, you're winning you're, and you're in. I don't think wrestling is, uh, is designed by that. I think that, that makes you fall into the realm of uh, too predictable. Um, what I really want to see is Doug have the performance of a lifetime. I want to see how talented he is. As a businessman now, as uh, the director of wrestling operations and chaotic wrestling, can that little dweeb make me money? Can you make me money? If I put that match on the internet, do I get, am I, am I going to monetize that and make, and make money? Can that money make me money to put into chaotic to make bigger money from it? That's what I mean when I say prove it to me. I don't, get, I don't give a shit if you win a match. My, my, my record leading into winning the championship was like two and 14. So really, who am I to talk about winning matches? I want to see what you can do for the business. I want you to love Chaotic as much as I love Chaotic. I want you to love it as much as the unit loves it. If we didn't love it so much, we wouldn't do all of this stuff. I wouldn't be trying to fix it. He's definitely got plenty of love to give, and he will show out at Charged Up, I'm sure, because it's the month of love. It is February. It's his month. That's what he says on Twitter, at least. It's true. It's facts. Science. Now, you have an upcoming match with Ace Austin. So, I mean, by the way, great booking decision, JT. Great booking decision. What a, what a guy. I mean, we saw him recently. Uh, back in Haunting at Tewksbury, I mean, and he had a great match there too. So clearly the eye for talent's there. So with his style of high flying and being such an accomplished wrestler across the world, I mean, how are you going to combat that? Um, I feel like that question is, man, this is where I might, I might have to throw a dig at you, my, my man. That's a stupid question. Uh, and, here's, and here's why. I have fought the best high flyers in the world the last 10 years doesn't matter i fought them all literally all of them those who have gone on to success and those who have vanished in the darkness i fought them all i am i fought ace austin multiple times um the first time i ever saw ace austin uh, i pulled sammy callahan aside and i said uh for whatever it's worth i know i'm whoever the hell i am to you uh, that's your guy because he comes from the sammy callahan camp and talented talented people are were there at the time with the rascals and all that and I was like, um, that's, that's the guy. And he was like, how, how do you know? I was like, 
I know, man. I know this dude is wrestling. Uh, and I wasn't wrong. He's done amazing things in Impact. Every time I see him post about an, uh, a match he's having, I immediately make sure I follow up and, and check social media to see clips, see how uh, how much the fans love it. Uh, he's so talented. Like, I, I respect him. Um, and in putting out my challenge to fight only champions of reputable companies for the Chaotic Wrestling Championship, um, I want everybody to understand that the Chaotic Championship is going to be recognized as one of the premier championships in all of the United States of America. And it's going to happen because I'm going to fight the best wrestlers from around the globe, and they're going to come here to fight me for it. Uh, but you, it's not just like Joe Schmo from uh, Bangor, Maine is going to walk in here and come fight me. Like, no, like you're not going to walk in from Paducah, Kentucky, and just start having a match with me. Like, no, man, I'm JT Dunn. You want to fight me? Throw your resume on the table. Let's examine it. And in doing so, I was hoping that a guy like Ace Austin would step up. Like, I wasn't sure it would be him. Um, and then I opened my phone one day, and he is just sitting in front of all these championships, and he's talking trash to me. And I texted him. I said, are you serious about that right now? And he was like, I'll fight you. Literally, the conversation that had happened. He just filmed the video, put it on the internet. And I was like, I respect your, uh, your savvy here, my friend. Challenge accepted. And then I went on Twitter and I accepted it publicly. Uh, and then we, uh, we made the arrangements to bring him into the event. I mean, it was only a matter of time, right? He won uh, the comeback uh, award of the year in chaotic wrestling after his match with Brad Castro and everything. So it's only fitting. You want to come in? You want to fight the best? I'll be in Tuxbury. <laughs> Lexington, sorry. Lexington, yeah. I'll go to Tuxbury first so I can uh, breathe the air. Then I'll, then I'll go to Lexington. A little bit of distance between the two. So um, as we wrap up, uh, of course, you know, everyone stay tuned for Charged Up. That's uh, February 11th. And we've got a bunch of uh, chaotic shows lined up. Um, the next yeah, man, why not? Which, yeah, more merrier, dude. I'm, I'm pumped for it. So we're going to make a little transition away from wrestling for a second. Because um, as people that follow you on Twitter know, uh, you're a big Detroit Lions fan. But, um, I am. I am. I am. How did that come about? Because you're from Rhode Island, right? You play football. So how uh, how did you become a Detroit fan? I so I'm just a football fan my whole life. I um, played uh, pee wee football, uh, high school football, college football. Uh, my first initial dream, I guess, was to get drafted in the NFL. Um, so I've been a fan of the elite players and watching them and studying them. And Barry Sanders is the greatest running back of all time. Um, and I did play a little bit of running back when I was younger. Um, so it's all, you're always told to study the greats. That was one of the greats that I studied. Um, I'm never, I don't know, for me, I'm not like a hometown fan of anything. Like I don't like the Red Sox um, or whatever. Like it's just, it's not for me. I'm not a Celtics fan. Like it's just being from here doesn't classify me being a fan of everything. And I don't like the Patriots. That's for, that's for damn sure. Um, so I don't know. I, and I'm, I don't know. I've been an underdog my whole life. Like the fact that I'm where I'm at in my life right now, that I'm as old as I am right now in my life after everything that I've been through, uh, is astonishing to me. Um, so why not, why not the lions? Like I actually just came across some, uh, memories or whatever it is, uh, on some social media apps, like 
going back to like 2000 and like eight, 2007, when Facebook was like first becoming a thing. And I was posting about the lions and how much I love them. Uh, it's just always been my thing. I've been loyal. I've gone through, uh, I remember I left a wrestling show when I was younger because they made it to the playoffs to play the saints. And I went to an Applebee's to watch the game because it was the closest thing to it. And they just got destroyed. And I was like, well, you know what? I got the team to go to the playoffs. And then a few years later, they're 0-16. And I'm like, well, I mean, eventually they got to get better. And then now we're three-win team. And I'm like, well, they beat the Cardinals. So <laughs> like, we're doing something right here. But I don't know. I'll never not be a Lions fan. I love them. Uh, right now I'm a Rams fan. Uh, I need to see Stafford win. I need to watch him. In the, like, I'm going to cry during that game. Because that man, uh, like, there's a lot of people I emulate in life and I, and I look up to, uh, and it doesn't have to be in wrestling. Um, and Stafford's one of those guys. Uh, that video that always stands out with me is the one where he broke his ribs. They took him to the sideline, but a, a timeout had been called. And he was just, he gets up and he's like, Coach, if you need me to throw the ball, I can throw the ball. And he goes and then wins the damn game. Like, that is who you want to be in life that person that showed that he didn't quit on everybody in the stadium he didn't quit on his team his coach his fans he didn't quit on himself uh and i'm i'm very like connected to that type of uh, of a person uh so i've just always had love for him uh and seeing him prosper this year man granted it's not it's not with the lions but dude he's the best he's the best go win anyone that knows me billy knows um I, I gravitate toward players. I'm a big like, draft guy. And one of my my favorite quarterback, even more than Brady, because I'm a Pats fan, is Stafford. Like, uh, I, I love when, when he got signed, traded, traded to the Rams. My first reaction was, that's my Super Bowl pick. I'm picking the yep. Rams to win it. And I'm like, that's huge. He is, I've always, for years, I've thought, I've had arguments even with Billy. I'm like, he, he, in my eyes, he's a Hall of Famer. Guaranteed. If he wins a Super Bowl, 100%. The ring locks it in. Without yep. the ring, it's kind of tough to get him in. I, I would put him in because he's just a great, consistent quarterback, one of the best arms I've ever seen. I'm putting him in based off of the Cup and Megatron statistics. Yeah, even without that, though, man. I mean, he, he, can, he can go with whoever's around him. If it's Burleson, if it's, if it's Cup, if it's uh, yeah, Megatron, yeah. it doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to. He'll make it work. He can make these airtight throws that a Mahomes, a Brady, a Manning can make, but he doesn't get talked about like those guys. He was doing the no-look pass before it was cool. Yeah. His no-look yeah. pass is, is, is just flawless. Uh, I'm also a huge Odell Beckham Jr. fan. Huge. Like, it, <laughs> Sorry. It, no. It, it, no. Any, more, any more of a fan, I'd probably be a stalker. Um, I love the guy. And again, it's the same thing like with Stafford. The thing that you can't ever count out is passion. The dude loves football. Granted, he's made mistakes. He's done dumb things. He's acted out like a child. Um, but we only see it from our perspective. From his perspective, he's losing out on millions and millions of dollars. He's losing out on opportunity to feed his family, to make things better for himself. And clearly, he's still very good at football. He wanted to do that in Cleveland. He wanted to do that in New York. Stories are going to be twisted, and I think the media these days makes everything just so much crazier than it really needs to be. Uh, it was better for him to go to L.A., a team that's going to appreciate him, and I think coming in the uh, 
in the offseason. They're gonna they're gonna treat him well with a new contract. I think I think he should stay. Him and Stafford win lose or whatever. Like they they, they need to stay a full year of Beckham, Cup, and Woods with Stafford and a healthy Cam Akers throughout the the whole year. Oh my God, they could repeat. Depending on where Aaron Rodgers goes, they could repeat. That's very fair. I mean, do you think where do you where do you think Rodgers is going to go? Do you want to still see him in the NFC, or are you still nervous about that? You probably oh, want to be right, right? They <laughs> <laughs> need to go back. He would, he would, he would never. I think that goes like I don't know. Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe because uh, they got golf and they're sitting on like a hundred forty million dollar contract. So that's so that's why it would never happen. But Favre didn't go to the Vikings. Um, I think he's going to land in three places. He's going to go with Adams to Miami, with Adams to Denver, or by himself to San Francisco. You think San Francisco's just not going to let Trey Lance run the, you know, take the right? I, I don't think he's ready. If if he was ready, they would have let him continue on what he started in the in the middle of the season. I think they started playing him a little bit more. I think. I think like uh, having that great quarterback in front of your backup only makes you better. It worked for Rodgers. It worked for Brady. Like all of these guys who are great now and have gone on to have these long ass careers. They were taught how to do that. Jimmy Garoppolo is not teaching Trey Lance how to do that. I'm, I mean, I'm listen, Garoppolo is he's in the NFL. So what do I know? But, I just – I can't see that happening. Um, I think they use him as trade bait. They uh, send him off wherever he needs to go, get whatever they need in return to get Rodgers, and just start moving salary around. Because imagine a, a team where you got, like, Elijah Mitchell, Debo Samuel, Aaron Rodgers, Mosa on the other side, Warner on the other side. Whew. That's, a, that's tough. And I don't think he leaves the NFC. Because I think he's, I think him winning, yeah, him winning it and and getting up there just to be a big middle finger to the Packers, like that is like the new Aaron Rodgers. This whole like social media guru doing all these podcasts and all that stuff. That's who that guy is, and I, I can see him doing something like that. Or go to Detroit, please, please come to Detroit and just, just throw the ball a little bit. Yeah, get that uh, playoff win uh, total up, Detroit. <laughs> That's only one win. <laughs> All right, JT. Well, as we come to the end of our time here, we like to give our guests the last few minutes to plug, promote anything that's coming up, social media, merch, uh, you know, shows, whatever it might be. So the floor is yours. I appreciate it. Um, I don't have too much to say. Uh, I've done a lot of talking uh, earlier in this. Uh, shopjtdone.com. That's where you can go and check out. Get all the merchandise, JT Dunn related, unit related. Uh, we have dropped a whole bunch of new stuff on there, a new swag. You can't get it in person. You can only get it on the shop. We're talking backpacks, joggers, everything ships within a few days. Uh, and you can have it right at your doorstep in time for the next show. Uh, the hoodies, zip ups, pullovers, uh, sweatpants just got added to the, uh, to the website as well. There is uh, two new designs that are on the website. The logo team to take the brand new take the pledge design. I have two more that are going to be dropping probably within the next few weeks. Uh, so you'll be able to get those exclusively on the website. Other than that, at the JT Dunn on every social media platform, um, at this is the unit underscore at the end uh, on the Instagram and the Twitter. Uh, follow us on there. We do have a social media manager. 
who does run those for me because I don't have the time of the day to do that stuff. Uh, but everything from at the JT Dunn, you're talking to this guy. Uh, this is the unit. You're talking to the social media guy. Um, I mean, I know we talked a lot of trash or I talked a lot of trash on here. Uh, and I'm very just I'm witty, man. But in the end of the day, this is the end of the podcast. This is where I get a little bit more serious. Appreciate each other in life, in wrestling. Appreciate what's happening right now because uh, I think we've learned recently and, and over time it can all be gone tomorrow. So take this, uh, take this opportunity when you watch this, when you hear it, when you stream it, hopefully legally. Um, text somebody, man. Maybe you haven't talked to him in a little bit. Uh, tell him, but, hey, I love you. Thinking about you. Uh, shoot that DM you've been sitting on. Let them know that you appreciate them. Uh, and for the deeper side of things, I am approaching uh, in the next eight weeks or so, maybe I'm a little bit, maybe a little more like 12 weeks, next three months. Uh, I'm approaching 10 years into my sobriety. Uh, I mean, that's something where I felt like uh, I got judged a lot uh, when I started talking about my sobriety. Uh, now it's like cool to talk about it. Um, I always want to be open and I think I have been. Uh, there's just more people listening at this point. Um, man, if we're having trouble, if you are battling a demon that is just, it just won't stop knocking on the door. Hey man, shoot me a message. Let's talk about it. Let's get you on the other side. Uh, and if I can't help you, I'll point you in the direction of somebody who can, we'll get you the help that you need. Um, I think we don't appreciate ourselves a lot in life anymore. And when you truly sit back and you sort of really, truly care for you, things start coming a little bit easier. That success in life that you, you've always been uh, looking to attain, it starts becoming a little bit more reasonable. And you can kind of, you can kind of see the end picture and, it, and it's right there for you. And it's, uh, it's not all darkness. And, and, I, and I get it. I can resonate with the darkness, man, but we don't have to succumb to the pressure. We don't have to let any of that take us over. Uh, so like I said, if you are struggling, please reach out and get help. Reach out to loved ones. Reach out to me. And there's so many people in the, I know wrestling fans are going to watch this in the wrestling world that will listen. They will help you reach out to them. Let them know uh, a simple tweet, a simple, hey, how's your day going? Or, hey, take care. Bye. Happy. Uh, thank you. Like that goes a long way. Uh, and I see that on a daily basis uh, with, with running a gym now. Like you can change somebody's day with a positive perspective. And I think that's something that we need to start uh, attaining in pro wrestling is start uh, being a little bit more positive. We harp on the negatives. Twitter, Facebook, it's all negatives. Instagram's kind of like a, a happy place. But like, man, that Twitter shit, man, I'm getting real sick of it. It's just every day, it's just somebody coming at somebody else that they have no business coming at or just you find out this guy's a bad person like, oh my god man like let's just be good humans let's be good people let's love each other let's appreciate this time together let's make the most of it let's make money let's make memories let's make moments let's make it count and we get one shot at it what a beautiful message that was too yeah it's, i i feel like i needed to hear that myself so i appreciate you saying things like that all right Absolutely. JT. Well, again, thank you, brother, so much for coming on today. We, yeah, it was an hey, absolute you, pleasure. Happy, happy we got to make it happen finally. <laughs> Let me just say, that might be the greatest ending to an interview that we've had so far. I mean, I know that JT's story is so inspiring. Him himself as a person is so inspiring. But leaving us with those words, those messages... I was being honest when I said that I feel like I needed to hear that. 
you know, with, with doing some business ventures that I feel like I'm a little bit over my head with sometimes. And, you know, hearing somebody whose voice is so prominent, people who have battled their own demons, you know, people who have done things that, you know, I can't even fathom fighting, you know, just hearing them say, you know, you got to keep on, keep going, you know, reach out to your support system. That was really inspiring. And overall, you know, the interview was awesome. I love that we can see both sides of JT being, you know, the person that's underneath the leading of the unit in Chaotic, who is going to take over the world, by the way. Enough love, Doug, has anything to say about it. But he's an inspiring dude. Uh, I wish nothing but success for JT Dunn. The wrestler, the man, just everything. He's awesome. Getting talked to him was so fun. Definitely will try to get him on in the future again. And as we say for many guests, but it's we've had awesome guests. We're, we're good at what we do, man. <laughs> We know the pick guests. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just put ourselves over real quick. Yeah, we, we are fucking good at asking questions. We're fucking good at talking to the wrestlers, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, you know, one day we won't just be podcasts. I'll I'll be booking my own promotion. You'll be you'll be my co-owner, man. Well, you know, we're gonna run the world. Top of the cage. We're gonna get the top two. It's gonna be top of the cage and the unit just running everything. But, I mean, you'd probably want to collaborate with the unit. Probably uh, want to do some uh, fashion wars with the unit, even though we don't wrestle. <laughs> but I'll hire some wrestlers to, to wrestle the unit for. <laughs> yeah, and that only leaves two, technically three, members of the unit left. Originally, we only had two left, but now we have three. And that is AC Romero. AC, fucking come on our podcast, dude. Uh, Alicia Edwards, who is one of the newest members of the unit. And again... Lish, come on our podcast. And Dango, which I feel like is probably the furthest stretch, but we'll get him eventually. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I mean, him and Lish are going to be tough. Uh, but we'll de- we're definitely going to try to bring you guys all three. We're going to, you know, keep outreaching, keep trying. You know, I do. We, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. It's going to happen. I yes. Promise. Yes, we will. And we will campaign on social media for all that. And like JT said, uh, you know, our social media DMs are always open. Our social media interaction is always open. If you have anything you want to talk about, wrestling-related, personal-related, hit us up. We are more than willing to have that conversation, more than willing to hear what you guys have to say and to respond with thoughtful responses. So, Juice, where can the people find us? On Twitter is TOTC underscore pod um the t-o-t-c all capitalized and the p is capitalized um instagram t-o-t-c underscore pod t-o-t-c underscore p-o-d all lowercase on instagram and yeah i mean billy already said it man hit us up talk to us uh dm wrestling not wrestling doesn't matter Yes, and as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys are liking, rating, following, sharing the pod. Spotify has a rating system now if you aren't following us and giving us five stars on Spotify, then we will not produce five-star content for you because you are the problem. I'm just kidding. But All right. And as we always say at the end of the podcast, we will catch you next time.